0: With Dr. Fadid Holakwi.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome to In Session. I'm your host, Dr. Fadid Holakwi, and I'll be with you for the next two hours here on Radio Hamra. Studio number to call in: 310-441. and apple podcasts again our studio number three one zero four four one zero five 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 so lately i have been opening up um or putting in my instagram story for people to suggest topics and i get many of those and i I thank you for sending those in Uh, most of the time i can't get to uh i can only get to a few of them but i also get messages and other requests as well and i got a request recently for a topic that i'm going to start off the show um, so thank you to Amy for that uh, recommendation to talk about friendships. And I thought it was a important topic because it's one that gets neglected in shows like mine and, and, and the ways we approach our lives. And similarly, it gets neglected at times in our lives as far as the focus uh, that we put and the effort we put into our friendships. Usually when we think of relationships and people talk about relationship advice what we mean is romantic relationships only but really we need more than just that we need more than just a romantic relationship in order to be happy satisfied fulfilled in our social lives and how we feel in general and also the more we neglect friendships and we put all our emphasis on one person or husband, wife, or partner, uh, that can actually have a negative impact on our relationship because we're putting too much on that romantic partner to fulfill everything for us. Yes, I think you actually do want your partner to be your best friend, but unfortunately what we sometimes do is we make our partner our only friend, or we think they should be our only friend and yet still make us happy. And that's too much pressure to put on one person and too much pressure to put on one relationship and that expectation will inevitably leave us disappointed and upset and unsatisfied with things so it it could be good to remember that we also need to focus on that people can put a lot of time about dating who should they date where should they date apps this how do you find that right person and create that right relationship which is very important and we should put time in that but how much time are you Investing in your friends and your friendships. How much time are you thinking about those things? Um, When you are younger, when you're in, let's say, school, um, although school has been different this last year, there's a lot of structure set up for your social life. You're seeing the same people over and over for hours a day and with homework and other things. It really facilitates our friendships. But we do find is that adulthood also, brings a crisis of friendships for a lot of people as well. Because now it takes a lot more effort or takes effort to maintain friendships. They don't just happen because, okay, we're in the same school, uh, you know, eight hours a day. Now we have to actually put the effort into our friendships, and very often we don't. We don't actually do anything about it, and we become more and more isolated and alone. And the pandemic of course has magnified this it actually has done a few things that magnified that we were isolated in a social way it also I think did encourage and I experienced this too some people reaching out to one another to connect and communicate over phone or video calls because we felt more isolated and it just made us think about things in a different way so that could have been good but I hope it's something that we continue to focus on and don't lose sight of now There's some generalizations that I'll share, but I do want to bring this up as well, that women and men can differ in this um, respect. Women tend to be better at keeping friendships as they get older because they connect and they communicate. Again, these are generalizations, but they have a better time or are better at maintaining a relationship as the focus. There's been some research showing that men have a harder time with this and what actually usually helps them maintain their friendships and their closeness is if it is surrounding some type of regular occurring activity like playing Uh, my brother's friends during the pandemic they couldn't do it but playing basketball every Sunday or having a card night or some other activity that brings them together and then they maintain the, the friendship or the friendships through that a little bit more easily than maybe it would be for women. So that's just something to keep in mind. If you are male, female, again, these are generalizations, you might not fall into that. But that's something that has been observed. Now, another important issue when it comes to our friendships is it could seem different from dating. And, you know, in dating, we're very particular and picky and you have to have a right match and all of that. And I would think that in friendships, it's not as Uh, We shouldn't be as picky. Also, you can have more friends and the relationship, the stakes are a little bit lower. But I think people tend to actually forget that you need to choose your friends as well, not just, okay, well, this is my friend and I have to be friends with them now and continue being friends and continue being close with them. We should think about who we are being close with and being uh, connected to and what friendships we are investing our time, energy, and our emotions into. Um, Of course, we talk about breakups in romantic relationships and they can be very painful, but with our friendships, we build an emotional attachment and connection as well. Uh, And that's what makes them valuable, but that also can make them hard to lose, but it doesn't mean we should never lose them or never decide that we don't want to continue being friends or as close with someone uh, because it can hurt just like we do the same thing in relationships. So it could be worth looking at, just like you think, if I had to choose my partner, Again, would I choose this person, which can be a risky question, but an important one to really think about who we're with and do we want to be with them and really taking that seriously. We can think the same thing about our friends, the friends that we are close and closest to. Are these the people we would want to be? close to and surrounded by and of course influenced by because we are influenced by the people around us are those the people we would choose for ourselves and we should think about that it's not so easy obviously just like picking a partner the same thing to just okay i want a different friend so i'm going to pick one but it's something to be intentional about and not just think our friendships just happen to us okay these are the people that are in my life i have no other choice we always have choices to make and we want to think very carefully about that when I work with uh, parents, with their kids, and especially with teenagers, there's a lot of thought about okay, I, I want my kid to have friends that are a good influence uh, on on him or her to to make them, you know, feel or grow better. You know, let's say focus on studies, don't get into bad things, whatever that means, and all that. and And that is important because people are affected by their friends, and teenagers, especially when we enter adolescence, we know that that's a period where there's a shift from Looking to your parents as the people you look up to and learn about the world and and want to be like. And they now look to their peers to be the ones they want to be more like, or they try to understand the world through. So it's very important who your child is going to be friends with as a teenager. We can't totally control that and parents try to do that. I think that usually backfires. My point here isn't getting to that point, but to actually recognize as adults, the same thing is true you're going to be influenced by the people you surround yourself by. And so we want to be mindful of who we are surrounding by ourselves with, because we might think, oh, no, I don't get influenced. I'm my own person, but we are human beings. We are constantly being influenced by our world. The bigger overall culture is always affecting us and influencing us, uh, but also the smaller circles that we tend to spend more time with and connect with and communicate with. That's going to have an even bigger impact on who we are, how we live our lives, what types of goals we set, what types of uh, lifestyle we create. It's going to be heavily impacted by the people you surround yourself by. So it's just something to be mindful of. Another important aspect of friendships that can come up is this notion that, well, if someone's my friend, or especially this you know, best friend feeling or a uh, description or label that we might put, then I have to tell them everything. Or I have to be, you know, they have to know everything about my life and I should always go to them for advice in all areas of my life. But I think we want to be careful about this too. It's not that I'm saying hide things from your friends, but being aware of who we're getting advice from, because a lot of times when people give us advice, they're talking much more about themselves than they're actually giving advice to you. Sometimes if they're unhappy about something in their life, they give you some kind of advice about uh, that which is what they wish they would do if they were in your shoes. A classic example is people who are married, well, you know, if they're not happy in their marriage, will say, oh, don't get married, or, you know, oh, just have your fun right now because they're imagining themselves, they're not feeling good about their position, but they're putting themselves too much imagining themselves in their, your shoes rather than you in your shoes living your life. So we do wanna be very aware of who we get advice and support from, and sometimes it could be something you recognize that some friends, are better for certain topics, but not good for some. I'll go to this friend, when it comes to dating advice, I actually really appreciate their perspective, they make me feel understood, not judged, and I feel like they have some words of wisdom to share that actually do help me whereas you might go to a friend and they make you feel bad or judged or they always have a negative mindset let's say about men or women or relationships in general and they're going to put that in their advice to you of oh they're all this way or oh see you shouldn't be with this person or uh, maybe too romantic oh it doesn't matter what happened with them make it work make it work pushing you too much in a certain direction so you have to really look at that and learn Who do I want to go to about different things? And even with that friend that you might not want advice from, you might still tell them about things in your life. So you might even, let's say, talk about your dating life, but not necessarily ask for their advice. Or if they give advice, kind of don't go down that avenue too far and just hear them and, you know, kind of move away from it. But it's not someone that you want to explore that issue more deeply with. And that's totally fine. Uh, And going back to the earlier issue about, who we choose to be friends with, we wanna make sure we have friends in our life that make us feel supported, that make us feel that they want what's good for us and what's best for us. We can naturally at times feel some envy. We would want to say, oh, I'm never gonna envy my friends. I only want what's best for them only 100%, nothing else but that. And, And that's possible, but a human, emotion we have is envy that when we see someone have something that we would like whether it's something a material thing some relationship some quality we can't even have a healthy envy that comes up and there's a difference between a healthy envy and a toxic envy um healthy envy is wow i admire that part of them or what they have i wish i had and so i want to see what i can do to get there so I can even still be happy for them if I envy them. But I w- realize that I wish I was in their position. I'd like to, to make that happen. A more toxic envy is I don't like that you have what you have. And actually, I'm not even sure if I can get it. So I hope you lose that. Or I wish, you know, if you have this relationship, I hope it doesn't work out. Or if you got that job, I hope you lose it or something goes wrong. Because I don't like this feeling of feeling like I have something I want. And I hope you don't have it either. That's more of a toxic envy. And so... Even in ourselves, we should look at this. Am I having any of this toxic envy? And that's not coming from a good place. And if we have that in our lives, it's not going to make us feel good. It's like a poison um, that we're going to keep swallowing. But even with your friends, how do they make you feel about the things that you're going through, things that happen good in your life? Do you really feel like they are wishing the best for you, cheering you on, wanting you to do better and to have good things happen? Or is there some ambivalence or mixed feeling there that you recognize they don't make you feel so good when something happens? And again, we don't have to stay with friends forever. I would hope that actually something like this happens rather than just cutting them off. We talk about it, we make it a conversation. Sometimes people, you know, they'll let you know, I'm going through a rough time. So it's been hard for me because I feel like I can't, nothing's going right in my life, so it's been tough to see you doing so well which could be difficult and maybe it means the friendship won't be able to continue but maybe it can when we're being open and so similarly something i try to encourage when it comes to romantic relationships is having the uncomfortable conversations having the difficult conversations that don't feel good in the moment but sharing when we're upset or hurt or have a feeling about something in the relationship about what the person has done or what's happening between us but we need to bring those things up Because any relationship to be healthy and strong has to face the issues that are really there and avoiding them doesn't help. It only makes it worse and creates distance between you and that person. So I would encourage people to have those conversations and friendships as well to share how they're feeling. It's not just a romantic relationship thing. In our friendships, we need to try to be more open, address issues, uh, and either we find out, we can work through it and you'll actually be closer, or at least we brought up our feeling and if things don't work out, we don't have to live a relationship that feels like a lie or that we have to hide who we are. So I appreciate, you know, the the topic suggestion from amy was a, a good one because sometimes even on my show we can talk a lot about dating and then family relationships but friendships can get neglected and similarly we can neglect friendships and the effort and the intention we put in our lives when it comes to friendships as well so thank you let's go to a commercial break studio number 310-441-0555 we'll be right back welcome back let's go to a caller radio Hamra, you're on the air Hello. Hello. Thanks for calling. Hi, Doctor
2: Holodov. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I uh, have a. Actually, I'm stuck in a, a marriage that I don't know how to end, and I don't. Uh, at the same time,
1: and the. Sorry, I think you're. Uh, we're kind of losing you. It's breaking in and out. I don't know if it's the reception or something I,
3: with
1: I your... feel like hello yes you're breaking in and out I don't know if it's your reception or something with the, the speaker
2: can you hear me now
1: now I can yes let's see how okay it goes. perfect
2: um I have uh I've been uh, at the age of 42 I feel like I'm so hopeless and I feel like I'm end to, uh, like close to you know like ending my life because of so much um um, depression I have or I don't know I just I, I don't feel okay let me tell you I've been married for 15 years and uh, my husband is 18 years older than me with the previous marriage and two children they are adult children now and um, when I met him he did not share any of this information with me in uh, six months after our, our relationship, he starts saying one by one that he has two children from his past marriages. Actually, he had two marriages before, and um, I was um, very young. I was twenty-two at that time, and um, so of course I just and he's a he's in private practice, and uh, I was in college. I finished college and graduate uh, with a major of de- design and um and then in 2007 we got married and um and in 2010 I've got my child she's 10 years old now and um after having a ch- having my daughter things has changed drastically that uh he um uh, once in a while I used to mention that uh oh my friend says in Chinese tradition women are like a dirt that you put your sleeves on and after that they're no longer good and uh basically um there was no um I feel like the love was fading, um and I keep taking and taking and in the past three years uh he uh moved to, he got a job in the town that is two hours away from here, and staying at hotel, you know, uh, for a week and come home for a few days, going back. And uh, the distance made our relationship a lot worse, to the point that um, he just didn't have and he he never called during the time that he was away and and never called to see how are we doing and if we need anything. Or when I call him, he wouldn't, you know, show that much of interest or he said, oh, I'm busy, I'm gonna call you back. And he never did. I am now, so what happened was uh, two weeks ago from my daughter's spring break, I went to Mexico and, with his acknowledge, and i told him let's go together you have a time off first he said yes and then after the last minute he changed he said no i'm not going to go you go and that's it so i sent him a text and i said okay we are leaving and then um after that he took a uh, he sent this uh, text my text to all of his friends that uh, uh with all the curse word that um, my daughter's uh, idiot mom or Lots of curse words that they cannot mm-hmm. say it on the air, and um, he said she's leaving, and uh, and he sent that text by mistake to me, hmm. and uh, when I saw it, I was so broken, and I said, okay, I was, uh, I'll make sure to send this text to the right person that you were trying to send it. He didn't feel sorry anything about it, and um, and I it's Honestly, it's ruined my uh, week of vacation with my daughter because I just travel once a week, once a year, just go go away to fresh up and come back and you know take care of my daughter. But now I'm to the point that, um, and he mentally abused me a lot because um, many times happened that <clears throat>
3: um,
2: he has his friends over and if they want to spend the night. <gasps>
3: mm-hmm.
2: He was asking me if they can have an intimacy with me, and I just rejected And I remember one time, one of his friends, who was a retired police officer, he came from Chicago to stay here for a few nights. and. Um, he asked me, oh, my friend is so interested in you. He's such, you're so beautiful. This and, that. and he just, I'm okay if he can sleep with you and, you know, make him happy. And I said, no, no, what are you talking about? And then I hear the steps that he's, even I rejected. He asked his friend to come upstairs and come to my room. So I was so afraid I went to my daughter's room mm. because I knew I'm next to my daughter and he can't do anything. To me. So the same story happened a lot, that he just tried to please his friend and ask me, oh, they are so interested in you and they just want to have you know intimacy for one night. And I, I always reject. Hmm. so all of these thoughts now making that why am I living here why am I I mean my daughter is the only reason
1: but, but how is this good how is this well I'm I, oh you mean for you to stay living yes I thought you meant to live with him um, no well. uh, what I, I'm, I mean I'm in disbelief in what you're you're sharing it sounds so horrible so horrible Um, I wanted to let you keep going he uh, always
2: told me that you know you can't if you get divorced uh, since I had two past divorces, I can manipulate the court and the system that they go to my on my favor and you'll be the loser so and I'm here now And to be honest, one time I shared with my daughter, I know you're going to say, oh, she's minor, she doesn't understand, but um, she's 10 going on 20 and very mature girl, very understanding. And I just um, asked her simply if we can have, mommy can go to separate house and daddy separate and what, we still love you, we support you. And her reaction was that, no, mommy, I like it like this. And if you go away, I'm going to run away from the house. Hmm. So I try to just stay in a marriage to make her feel secure that she's OK. But at the same time, I feel like I'm her role model. And I don't want her to see this is what to expect and accept it from yeah. men. So, I have a lot to say. I know I don't have much time to no, share with you, but I feel like um, mentally I'm completely tired, of you know?
3: Course.
2: So if he whenever he comes home, he just mm. records my voice. If I get angry or scream, he records it. He, uh, without my acknowledge, and then when I ask him, why are you doing that? He said, oh, I just want to have it just in case, you know? It's like he's setting me down for divorce or not i don't know and i try to work with him and you know understand I tell him that if you have a child together you know you have two previous marriage i never been divorced before but um i doctor i don't know i can't make a decision to mm. leave without the same time, i
3: can't tolerate to see you. Mm.
2: I cannot see this marriage. Yeah. Financially, I don't have support.
3: <laughs>
2: so it's just my husband. Because when I graduate, I just worked for a couple of years, and uh, having my kid, and mm. because of his job, you know, is, uh, is not flexible. Uh, uh, I have to be home for, like, I'm staying home for my daughter. Mm. And, um, but with all the curse that he gives me. That, yeah. And he tells his friend things about me, and his friends send a text to me that, oh, we don't want to talk to you, and you're blocked from now on. I'm like, I just feel like I'm getting uh, torture in this marriage yeah, in, it, it, n- it, versus um, enjoying the marriage or the mm-hmm. relationship.
1: There's no relation. I mean, this is not a relationship. This is... Uh, <laughs> just abuse uh, i mean you said torture it seems like he's just uh, it's it's so heartbreaking how he's treating you it's i mean he's he told you he sees women as dirt i mean i know he said the chinese say or whatever he said but that was his way of telling you and he's treating you that way and it doesn't mean you are anything like that you are worth um obviously everything to live your life and to be happy he doesn't know he's the one that's completely mistaken but unfortunately what can happen in these relationships is it starts to obviously affect you and how you can even see yourself but he's the one that's who doesn't know anything about anything and he's treating you horribly because he's a horrible person not because you deserve any of that there's nothing I mean and what you're describing another thing, Doctor, yes. I
2: got it was I think he will he sent his text messages now intentionally because he just wanted to see me like prepare me for what is coming like one of the texts was oh i'm getting close to my retirement preparing myself my retirement for my retirement hopefully the my my daughter's mother she she leaves once she see the money is um, trickle or all of this. so he's i feel like he's pushing me to the door that i must leave now but i i I don't know why I don't want to accept the reality or I'm yeah. so afraid of everything. I feel like that my life is going to be um, more miserable if I leave this marriage How is it going to be?
1: Okay, that's maybe the only way. But I don't even, I mean, I don't know how your life could be more miserable than this. I mean, he's being, hes just such a horrible, you know, he, he's just so disrespectful of him everyone because of him again it's not about you i mean I'm, I'm sure you met him you were what probably 26 27 when you guys got married
2: no i was younger 22
1: okay um maybe i got the years wrong but anyway yeah i mean you probably thought and he was close to 40 i think you got some kind of feeling that he makes you have value that he likes you but um it was never true and If he hid all those things from you, it seems like to him, everything was strategic. It's more he wanted to just have a marriage rather than really be in a relationship. And you more than likely got, I don't want to say fooled, but you believed what he was telling you or selling you of just this maybe love or this good feeling, but it it wasn't there. And your value was more than he could ever see or give to someone. Again, not because you're not valuable, but because the way he treats anyone is going to be this way. It has nothing to do with you and everything to do with how bad he is but unfortunately he's trying to convince you that you are somehow um part of this this problem but i don't know how staying in this marriage how it could possibly work how you can imagine 10 years from now life can be okay with this man
2: i my goal was to i don't know if i'm wrong or right but my goal was at least to stay in a marriage until my daughter finished high school, go to college, and then if things didn't improve, then sure, we go in our own separate way. But um, I don't know how, uh, I don't know if I can survive for another 10 years or 8
1: years. And I don't know the benefit. I know a lot of parents have this, like, when they graduate high school, it's... It, I don't know if it's going to make a difference. And he's, she's not enjoying If you tell almost any kid, do you want your parents to get divorced, no matter how bad it is, very rarely, I've, I've heard it before, but they usually will say no they, because it's just it's scary. They don't just hear divorce. They think they might lose both parents. They think everything, the sky is falling. So um, I understand when you asked her, she gave you that response, and I could understand it would impact you and affect you, but I wouldn't let that make the whole decision for you because – what, what you're describing is just horrible and, and as you're saying and seeing it's probably just going to get worse it's not going to get better i mean he's telling you it's not we have a difference of opinion there's something we view differently he's saying i don't respect you and showing you that in so many ways which is again his weakness not yours um but things like that don't change that he's gonna all of a sudden uh, act differently okay. you know we're at a commercial break but i definitely want us to continue the conversation i'm sure you have so much more to share and even we can get into um what you know what led you know to the beginning of the relationship your own past i'm sure there's going to be a lot of things to make connections but you know i am sorry you're in this situation we'll see what we can uh talk about and figure out a bit together okay sure all right we'll be right back Welcome back. Before the break, we're with a caller. Caller, are you still there? Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I wanted to say something when you were sharing your your story. It was so heartbreaking. I, I was even um, not sure how to respond. It was so so much, so much pain in what you were saying. Um, and, and so I realized during the break that I was a little bit taken aback by it. It's so so heartbreaking your situation, and I, I did want us to get to continue. To talk about it, but it just seems so painful. I can only imagine what you're going through,
2: doctor. I uh, unfortunately, I don't know my parents. Mostly, my dad. He doesn't know much of the details about this things, but when I tell him that I'm very unhappy, he. I don't know if he has that old um, thought mm-hmm. of, oh, you have to stay in marriage, or, oh, no, you should stay, you have a daughter, and um, mm-hmm. why you want to get divorced, all of that, and I can't explain to him, and I understand in, of his age, because he's in his 70s, and I feel like by doing this, um, I will I may hurt his feeling, or he will not, uh, uh, he will not have happy he will not be happy with my decision um but my family, uh, my uh siblings they believe that he's uh, just a monster that they have to leave him and get out but yeah. I feel like because he's an American and two different cultures and he's well, more well educated and because of the title he has I always afraid um and uh, financially, he's in control of everything and I'm in a um, limit budget. So my fear is uh, if I go pursue a, through a legal system, um, he will have you know this top attorneys and he will, I mean like the two previous marriages that he won. I'm afraid the same thing happened to me and I lose everything here four years ago he forced me to find a paper that was against my will regarding the house that he was buying it for his investment and uh, he when i asked him why should i sign it he said because you're not working and this is my retirement money and i don't want to share it with you of course when i'm dead then you can use it but i want you to sign this and he had his friend over so i was forced forced to sign this paper so he took my name out of everything that um, was investing in that house. So similar to this, uh, he did many, many things. And um, I, be- because I thought, he, you know, I tried to be honest with him, I tr- I did everything for him. But at the end, I realized, you know, I just uh, destroyed my future. Anyway, uh, now I am completely, um, if I can't. I don't know how to start it. If if, if I want to start a divorce, I don't know where to start. And to tell you the truth, I'm really afraid. I mean, yeah. I, I just I just don't know what's going to happen to
3: me.
1: I'm I'm sure it's very scary, and I don't know the financial details, and I can't tell you what would happen in in a divorce and and what he would do or wouldn't do. Um, it is a very scary situation because you don't know. And sadly what he's done, which is often the case with these kinds of relationships that are uh, emotionally abusive is he's made you feel weaker and also tried to take away your power in so many ways from financial to even maybe he made you feel like you don't need to work, that that's good, but but it's all to, to limit your power and your ability to be away from him because he, unfortunately, it seems like he sees you as another piece of property I know that sounds horrible, but that he doesn't see you and respect you and probably anyone as a human being. So it's just, how do I keep you? He's trying to keep you, which is not fair. And he's made you feel and actually made you less powerful in taking care of yourself. But it doesn't mean you can't. I don't know what it would look like. I don't know what your support is from people around you. I'm just telling you what I'm hearing from you. It's not going to get better from what you're describing him. And it's not going to help your daughter either to be in a household where this is happening and where her mom is feeling the way that you are. She, it, it, I don't feel any of
2: my you emotions. You do.
1: I mean, I, I, I know. But they all, people will know. I'm not saying it because you're not good at it. But I'm saying they feel it. Your daughter does feel what's going on in this home. So you can think you're protecting her. And I'm sure you do a lot. I'm sure you Uh, put a lot inside. I can only imagine how much you have to put inside, but to think that it's not having an impact, or even if you're saying she doesn't feel that pain, think how much more of a loving and good mom you could be to her if you were feeling better, if you weren't feeling all this pain. So I get it. I'm not saying you're not doing a lot to, to make her not feel the pain as much, but this is not a happy household. It's not a good feeling in this house, the way you're describing it to me.
2: How can I help myself? I mean, I know I have to go, at the end, I have to go to this path to get divorced, but how to prepare myself, because... whenever I, it comes to yeah. I think about it, I just try to cross it out. I'm like, no, I don't want I don't want to even start that. It's like, I'm de- denying the reality, you know, and I feel like, oh, this is not just real. And it's, it's going to get better. It's mm-hmm. going to get better. But like you said, it's not getting any better, yeah. you well,
1: know? Well, when something is so scary, it, we always want to avoid it whenever we can. And th- you can always avoid it. That, and that's kind of the problem here. Um, as far as preparing, obviously we can talk about that. But one thing you have to know is that it probably will never feel like you're ready in the sense that it's going to feel good. It's possible you get to such a breaking point. I hope you don't, but that you just feel like you have no other choice. But it's more than likely going to always feel wrong to take this next step. It's not going to feel like I can't wait to do it because it's scary it's unknown at least this what's going on now even though it's getting worse in some ways you kind of know it you know you can tolerate it and my guess is you're the kind of person that has gone through a lot of life just tolerating whatever was thrown at you and and being able to take care of that
3: yeah
1: um and unfortunately you think that's that's life but you're just surviving and not you know Um, Trying to carry all the burden and pain for everyone else, but it doesn't work. And your daughter feels it again, like I said before, as much as you're carrying it. So you're going to not want to do the next step, but it's always going to feel off. But it doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do. And so what you will need, you know, you mentioned your siblings. You're going to need to ask for support and help emotionally, maybe even financially, maybe staying somewhere, whatever it might be, uh, that could be hard for you. We can look at that, how that is for you. Because again, if some of what you've shared and the personality you might be expressing, you're someone that takes on all the pain and doesn't like to ask for help, but it might be necessary. And you don't have to go through this alone. It's not going to just be you against him only. You need to have your support and I'm sure that there's people if they care for you and love you they want to support you through this and so part of your preparing yes yourself preparing that can be very very important but also preparing as in building your support network and structure around you because you're going to need them and and you deserve to have them right now.
2: Dr. Holacui another thing is when I uh, I'm 42 right now and I, I always think I need to start a career I just I was not happy with the major I had and um, but now I say I think I'm too old for doing anything and because of so much I have in my plate it like stopped me from going forward moving forward it's not an excuse I make it to yourself but every time I try to just go to for some career and study my mind is not there I can't focus on anything because of the everything that is spinning in my head mm-hmm. about my marriage about the f- problem I have it wouldn't let me to focus and I just you know dropped the whole thing so I don't know what how can i help myself in the meantime that I'm still in the marriage i love to finish a career so when I get out I can work but the negative thought, and I always think that oh, now you're in your 40, you're 42, and you're nothing, and you want to start something, and I don't know if I'll be too old for that or not. I instead of encouraging myself, I always uh, bring all this negativity mm-hmm. to myself that oh, you can't do this, you're not good enough. How can I help myself to see who I am? And
1: yeah well it's it's tough i mean even in the way you said at the end you realize you're wrong but it's hard to really believe that you're you're stronger than you think you are and in a way it's scary for you to realize you're stronger than you are because then you can realize you can leave him and you can take care of yourself but it it is scarier to do that but i i'm sure you are much more capable than you're giving yourself credit and i also i'm sure if You know, what you're describing with that type of emotional pain and burden and the way he's putting you down, of course, when you try to start something, it's going to be difficult. If I was going through what you're describing you're going through, I don't think I could do this show right now or go see my clients after this show because I just would be too distressed and hurt and not capable of of managing that so it's not because you're weak that you can't do that right now it's that what you're going through is too much to then go and just you know start some work and do other things along with the fact that the way you're describing him I'm sure he's everything but supportive of you you know getting educated and taking care of yourself and the things you're telling yourself I'm sure there are things that he's told you directly and indirectly that you're not good enough you're too all old all the time yeah
2: all the time I, every night mm-hmm. that he used to come home he, not even he dared not say it in front of my daughter and I always told him at least through the good like a, let let my daughter see that you treat me nice because she's gonna grow up and he, he just mm-hmm. laughed at me like I don't know anything and uh making fun of me but I try to show him that she needs to see the love in the family so she needs to grow in the fa- house that ha- you know has of love and all this um everything but um he just he, he's not there he he never hes like he doesn't hear me he doesn't listen to me at all All he does is coming home being on the phone with his friends and he, we both sit here and my daughter sits on the other couch watching tv and none like not, not exchanging any words with me I just ask my daughter oh how was the school and she said oh it was fine his relationship with my daughter is really good but um it's just me that he just don't want to see me i feel like in this house i'm just a just a housekeeper you know just taking care of his daughter and um make sure everything is perfect but when it comes to support um, mentality nothing is there and i try to just say say okay maybe it's okay as long as you know my daughter is supported but now i I'm in the point that I'm mentally getting
1: tired Yeah, uh, I can't take it no more. No, and she's getting affected by this. Even the coldness of your marriage, let's say you guys don't fight in front of her, she still gets affected by that. I think you're also fooling yourself to think that your daughter is so happy in this home.
2: No, she's not. Yeah, she's not. No, no, I know that she's not because but she's very quiet she keeps it to herself yeah because she like doesn't it.
1: have the space to to share what she's going through this is not a, a safe home you know you're she's learning unfortunately probably like you to hold things in and i don't i know you're saying she's he's a good father uh, again i'm only hearing your side of things but i find that hard to believe but maybe i don't know what their relationship is like maybe they don't fight or maybe he doesn't explicitly disrespect her the way he does to you um so maybe compared to you he treats her much better, but that's not saying a lot. So I don't know how yeah. good they're re- when you say they have a good relationship, what gives you what what's that based on?
2: Um, like mostly um if there he's um he tried to just um teach her science stuff, um watching science um video or mm-hmm. it's good to communicate with her. He's not active, with, pretty much, with her, like playing soccer or anything with her. All he does, just sitting and try to show her about um, different subjects of the science or computer, or all of that. But. Um, but
1: when he goes away, you said he doesn't call you. Does he talk to her? No. Okay, so a good maybe maybe
2: yeah. just um, once a week, he just texts to say to say. Uh, Oh, hi, um, like, name my daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, hi, just want to know if everything is okay. And my daughter barely responded to him. And I didn't, I don't want him to think that I did not allow her to not respond. So I asked her, oh, please, let your dad know you're doing okay. You know, I try to just... Um, I don't want she gets in between our yeah, uh, which you, you yeah, but yeah, the, I just, but even obviously st- you have a respect to your dad, and you can't talk to your dad that this way or that. What
1: did way. he? What? How does she talk to her dad?
2: Um, she 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 talks like he's like um, sometimes the "Oh, dad, you're dummy," and I said, like, "You know, you can't talk to your parents like that. You cannot talk to adults like that. If you talk to your friends." Like this, it's between you and your friend, but with adults, you can never use this thing. Mm. She's not using that much of the word, but she thinks she's, very, she's free to say anything to her dad. And well, he just uh, take it and he doesn't say anything.
1: Oh, he doesn't say anything? No. Okay. But, you know, the way you're saying he doesn't really call, um, if they're not talking for a week, I'm not sure how close they are. I think you're trying to tell yourself like i'm doing something good by keeping them close i'm not saying you should tear them apart or not let them and you're not saying that you're doing that but i I don't get the sense that there's a lot of good
2: i do that because i was hoping he does the same thing to me when if my daughter you know she's doing something wrong and i try to warn her she's support he's supporting me to say oh your mom is right but it never happened doctor never happened to tell her that oh your mom is right or yes I think we, if, if we do this way it's a lot better you know n- I never had that support even in raising my child
1: yeah I mean I don't see a lot of good that's coming from you and him being together the, the other than the financial I almost see nothing that's any benefit and even that I don't know how it's going to play out but I'm not sure what's the good of being and even he's not in the even in the home most of the time so I don't know how much will change if you're divorced other than what the would
2: you recommend What what would you suggest for me to do um, I don't know to be honest I don't know where to start it from how I mean how can I get up you know and stand for myself and move on? I can't I can't I'm just I just I feel like I'm lost doctor
1: yeah I, I mean the feeling is that you're not sure you can do it and it's not gonna be easy and I'm not an expert on the legal side of the divorce but it's gonna feel like I said it's not going to feel right, the next step you're going to take, if it's if it's towards that. But as I said, you're going to need support from other people. And after the break, we're at another commercial break, but I don't want us to stop um, yet. So we'll talk some more, but I want to see who do you have in your life that can support you and help you? You mentioned your siblings, and it seems like they agree that you should not be with him. So I'm wondering who you do have in your life, and we can talk a bit more about that and what you can do after the break, okay? Sure. All right. Uh, we'll be right back welcome back before the break we're with the caller caller are you still there yes okay so as i mentioned before the break um you know you're talking about how can you prepare and you feel uh like it's going to be hard to go forward or you don't know if you can and unfortunately being with him so many years he's been putting you down more and more to really limit and minimize your self-esteem and your belief in yourself and make you feel weaker than you are. But I can assure you, you are much stronger and more powerful than you think. And what he's telling you is not at all the reality. It's part of just his strategy in dealing with people that he does that. But so I want you to realize you are much stronger than you are. And on top of that, you have much more support than you're likely utilizing, which you're almost definitely going to need to get through this. So Um, I mentioned before the break for you to think about who are the people in your life that you could rely on for more support.
2: I have uh, only two, uh, my brother and my sister, they both live in different states and they are, you know, um, busy with their life. I prefer not to get them involved. Uh, Yeah, I talk to them, you know, call them and share what's going on and they feel sad and they, they... same as you, they just wonder why am I here? Why am I staying in this marriage? So that's uh, from my sibling. But and um, Dr. Holaqui, um, um but
1: can I stop you there? Ago, Let me stop you there for a second. When you say you don't want to get them involved, what do you mean?
2: Because I feel like it's too much um, for them because they are um, they are not even nearby me to just you know support me, but. Whenever I feel so down or too emotional, um, I call them, and they are always um, available to, so I can talk to them.
1: But um, okay, but when it, when you say I don't want to. It's not that they're going to do everything for you, but it's that you likely will need more from them. Of course, we can't expect them. No one's going to do everything, but it's likely you can ask for more support from them, whatever that means, than you are getting. That's that's what I mean. So it's not all or nothing that either they're going to do everything for you or figure it all out, but that you will need more from the people around you. And so hopefully if they're there, and it doesn't have to be the way you're describing it, it's just when you get to kind of a crisis point or you can't, Handle it anymore, you call them. You might need to more proactively ask for help, which, as I, I alluded to, and I think it'll be important to look at, might be challenging for you to ask for help. Um, and, and you're going to need that because, uh, as I said, you are much more powerful and stronger than you likely think you are. But also, this is not something that you or anyone should have to go through alone. And so, you, you can and do deserve to have the people that would want to help you. And it might even be uh, put some pressure on them in some ways. Only whatever they're willing to do. But I think it might be hard for you to feel like you're a burden on someone else. So you don't that's want to I do have that.
2: that feeling. It's yeah. like too much burden on them. That's,
1: yes. And that's the issue but, where you likely are seeing it. You know, as too much you you see your burden bigger than it is and when we love people and care about people we sometimes do make sacrifices and do things to help them that's why we we have one another but i I could see how that would be difficult for you but there seems to be something you wanted to share about um two years ago
2: yes um two years ago um i was um i was talking to your dad Mm -hmm. on his show and um I gave him a brief information about what's going on, uh, and back then it wasn't as uh, bad as now is. But his advice to me was to um, because my daughter was age uh, was eight. <coughs> back then, mm-hmm. he said um, it's a worse, it's a bad timing for a girl from age eight to twelve, I believe, for parents to get divorced because they're uh, because of their hormonal changes and all of that and. Uh, He advised me just to be like this Persian expression, "cool and care," so and try to let it go. But and I tried to do that, but uh, I didn't uh, get much of a result, and things got
1: worse and worse for the past two years. I mean, being deaf and uh, blind, we can only do that to a certain amount. You know, if someone is yelling in your ear, you no longer can be deaf to that. So. I, I'm not sure how much of it was has changed since then from what you're describing to me It's like I mean, this is not just something you can when he's saying he's inviting his friends to have sex with you This is yeah. not just something we can say. Oh, just close your eyes or pretend like it didn't happen or go to your daughter's room and wake up the next day I, I don't think that's possible. So yeah, we can sometimes just with withstand certain things, but some things we, we cannot and maybe it's a little bit worse this age let's say to other ages but it's always a cost benefit let's say it's better at 14 which I don't know if it even re- really would be um, these next four years of what she would go through and you would go through also as a cost so uh, my thought is it, that's not enough of a reason again I, I don't want to tell you what to do um, but to me that's not enough of a reason to say oh yeah let's wait till she's 13 or 14 because then it's always going to be really really hard Maybe it's slightly easier than, I don't even know. But what you're describing it's is... interrupts
2: you, no but, but that's my exact question I have from you because I've been seeing um, therapies a lot. And my question is why no therapist can tell a person, um, like, you, you must do this or you must not to do this. Why they cannot give
1: it, you it's uh, a definite answer? It's, it's complicated. And, and so here, part of it also, I think, is you want someone to tell you because you don't trust yourself enough. So you want me to tell you and maybe to give you permission to say you are allowed to get divorced because even your dad is telling you, you shouldn't, which also your dad, first of all, you're right. He's older older generation culturally issue, and you haven't even told him everything. So if someone tells me, I don't like my teacher, I want to switch class. You know stay. But if you find out the teacher's hitting the kid, you're going to say, okay, we have to get you out of that class. He doesn't know. And maybe you don't want to tell him and you don't have to, but we have to be aware that his judgment is a judgment without information or without all, all right. the information. So of course he's going to, and the old school and all the things you mentioned. Um, but I think you're looking for my permission or someone's permission and Approval of what you're doing because you're not giving yourself enough credit to make the decision. Your feeling is not enough. So if you tell me you want a divorce, that's not enough. But if I say, "Oh, yeah," from a psychological perspective, as a psychologist, I give you my stamp of approval. That would feel better, and I understand that. But now, going back, if you want the general question about um, giving, you know, this kind of direct advice, it's challenging for multiple ways. One is exactly the issue I'm we're dealing with with you: is that if I make the big decisions in your life for you, it's not going to be to your benefit because you have to figure those things out and you have to um live with them and then the next thing that comes up maybe the therapist is not there or You know you can't always be reliant or dependent on them Uh, also we don't always know I mean I think we think me as a psychologist I know exactly what everyone should do in their lives but it's not that I know a lot of times I don't know I can see here the benefits of this here are some of the things related to that Um, but very often we we don't know and it's a complicated thing so if I say oh you need to quit your job the timing might not be right you might not like it and then you might feel like you did it because of me you know then someone quits their job and now they're in stress like oh my, my stupid therapist told me to do it and now what do I do it it just creates some dynamics that are not healthy so rarely will a therapist say something like that and even I mean I've said it to you almost explicitly but I'm not going to tell you exactly what to do but the way you're describing things to me um, the unhealthiness for you and and for your daughter to me seems very severe so I can definitely say that part very clearly and um, the waiting part to me is not something that it seems like it's just getting worse and you can't be blind and deaf to what you're talking about here. We're talking about poison so uh, poison is not something you can just pretend like it's not hurting you and again your daughter maybe he doesn't say any of these things around her um, but I I can't see this being a good if someone said this is the dynamic for this for a, a little girl, I would say this is really really painful and bad and toxic. It's not a good situation. It
2: is a toxic house. I I see it and I feel it.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: But um, I think she's gonna get more hurt if the more I. Try to, you know, keep this marriage going because um, she's getting, you know, older and she understands things better, Mm -hmm. a lot better. Mm -hmm. She says everything now.
1: Yeah. And still you ask her, do you want us to get a divorce? She probably will say no, because it's always, uh, uh, you know, for the kid. Again, like I said, it feels like their life is falling apart. Their family is falling apart. Maybe I lose both parents. What's going to happen? It's it's scary for them. I mean, it's scary for you. So, of course, how can you imagine it's not going to be? scary for her Um, so I I understand and I wouldn't really ask her in that way yes you if you decide to go forward have to talk to her about it and have conversations and be ready that when you tell her if you tell her likely she's going to say no mommy I don't want you to this is why no please don't please don't and she might even beg you Um, And it'll be tough on you, I'm sure, to see that. But if you make this decision and think it's the right one, we just know that almost definitely that's going to be her reaction. It doesn't mean it's necessarily right or wrong. And I know that's tough because I do care what your daughter thinks, and it does really matter. But it it doesn't mean that it's going to be – uh, because she doesn't like it, it means it's the right thing to do. Like I said, even for you right now, if we talk to the child inside of you and say, do you want to get a divorce or not? You'd say, no, 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 no matter what. Right. Because it's so scary for you yeah. to do it as well. Even right now, the adult you is having a hard time making that kind of a decision. So we shouldn't expect her to to embrace it and be excited about it. But I mean, what you're describing to me is just so toxic and getting worse. And the level of disrespect is just unbelievable, um, you know, the way and again, it's hard for it not to affect how we think about ourselves. but everything he's saying to you, it's about him, not about you. It's not that, oh, because you are so whatever, I talk to you this way. It's because he has no dignity and respect himself that he talks that way or treats someone that way. I mean, let's even ask yourself this. Someone says this is my wife or my husband, let's say whoever you know we're talking about, and I treat them this way. I mean, how do you think of that person if I tell you some other story that some woman is treating her husband this way? I don't think you'd be like, oh, the husband must really be a bad person. you like, what's wrong with this woman that, that takes, you know, treats her husband that she's supposed to love in that way. So unfortunately, what he's done is created this. It's almost like propaganda where it's constantly, you know, sharing these messages and uh, putting you down and telling you these things and making himself look good or make himself feel strong and make you feel weak. And I'm sure it's affected you. But just try to remember that has nothing to do with the reality and if anything it's the opposite only someone who feels weak inside would want to make someone feel the way he does does and he's afraid that if you were strong you wouldn't be with him or would leave him so he has to try to take away your leg so you can't walk away but it's not because and he he's did. so strong he
2: successfully yeah. did yeah. and that's how i i see myself worthless and i'm like okay no high education and I mean, I have so many skills and so many certificates from different... I have a different background, um, but um, the way he treated me is like, I don't see any of those the things that I accomplished in my life, and I feel like I'm just worthless. Like yeah. he said, he said you deserve a guy who works in McDonald's, not me. Okay. And, uh, I mean, many I, I, things... I wish uh,
1: you would be I with did. someone else other than him, whoever they work, whatever, or don't work. You, you know, he's, again, none of that comes from a place of strength. I know it's it's... Easy for me to say it, not being in that. That's all from a weak place. No one talks down about anyone from strength. They make it sound, oh, these people are so this or this. It's always coming from weakness. So when you tell me about him, I don't think he's very strong at all. He sounds very, very weak. And he's a little, it's a little child inside of him who's running the show, unfortunately, trying to act very tough and powerful. But he's afraid of you being strong or afraid of you leaving. So then why would he be with you if he thinks you deserve that? It doesn't make sense what he's saying, but because what he's doing doesn't make sense. But, you know, I'm sure it has had that effect on you to at some level believe that, but it's not at all true. It's all reflective of. Of who he is and what he's lacking. Um, And you met him at such a young age, and probably unfortunately, you tied your self worth to him, and maybe initially he made you feel so good. Maybe this older, uh, I don't know, he said he was a physician or had private practices. You You know, know,
2: doctor, you're exactly right because when I asked him a few times that, uh, okay, if I'm this person and your family hate me, your friends hate me, so why do you want to stay in this marriage? And he always, always say that, oh, because this divorce is expensive. Lawyer's gonna get the money, and there's nothing there for us. So, it's, and we have a daughter together. We have to raise our daughter together. This is what he says. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it to me doesn't make sense at all. Because at the one point you hate me and you put yeah. all this label on me, but at the same time you don't want to get divorced because you know you financially you may get you know in trouble so I, it's like I'm confused I'm lost in everything
1: well he's beyond. I mean he's kind of telling you he doesn't really care about any and look the way he's treating you he still is living his life he's doing whatever He wants, but he says, want to deal with the financial price, but he doesn't want to do anything, care about anyone. He sees himself or thinks he sees himself as better than others. Um, But again, that's always coming from a weakness within himself that he's trying to compensate for and, and put that onto you, that weak feeling. But he feels very weak. You know, I know he doesn't come off and he treats you very strongly in how he reacts. So I can understand even being afraid of him. Uh, and how he acts, but it's not coming from any kind of genuine strength. And he's telling you you're weak, and and you've believed it and made yourself feel that maybe I can't go on without him, but that's just what he wants you to believe. So I know that if you are to to go through any kind of process of divorce, it's going to be scary. Preparing yourself. um, I would hope you even go to therapy again if you can. I would reach out to your family, friends, whoever you have, that can give you some support it's going to feel difficult it'll never feel right as in feel good and easy but it doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do and i'm I'm very sad that you're going through all that but i hope you'll recognize your own strength it's much more than you think it is and that you can look to a future if you look 10 years from now i can't imagine if you try to think of yourself happy you see yourself happy with him rather than you can imagine a future 10 years from now where you've gone away from him and created your own life and and you're happy. It's hard to imagine being with him is, is going to lead to your happiness, and also even to your daughter's happiness. The divorce will be hard on her initially, no matter what age it is. Um, but I think likely in the long run it would be the best thing as well.
3: Yeah. Thank you
2: very much, doctor.
1: Sure. It was it was nice talking to you. I'm sorry to hear again that's the situation. Wish you the best and hope you have
2: Thanks so much. you made me feel a lot better mm. I, was just, I'm, I was just I was <laughs> just mm. I, I, I didn't I, I didn't know what to do to be honest I feel I felt so hopeless so hopeless but then I said I need to reach out to you to well, just I'm, I'm hear, glad you did. get some advice from you
1: that's very I appreciate that you said that I'm happy to hear that and I hope you recognize that I'm I'm glad it was, I was helpful I hope it was helpful to speak with me I'm glad you reached out and that's exactly what I'm talking about you have to keep asking for support in more direct ways and people around you keep getting help you deserve that and realize that even i'm glad i made you feel better but it wasn't about me that strength is within you that's going to do what you need to do next no one is going to do as much as you can and will do to help yourself and i hope you really see that and believe that and again wish you the best it was very nice to get to talk to you thank you have a good one thank you take care all right let's go to another commercial break welcome back let's go to another caller radio Hamra. you're on the air oh hello hello thanks for calling
0: oh no problem uh thank you for taking my call sure. uh, i have a two sons 15 and 13 uh my older son well he will be 15 in just a couple weeks mm-hmm. uh, so he's uh, of course in the teenage era and uh we um how this is a very long story but i'll try my best to to make it short sure. and brief uh the, my 15 year old son has been experiencing a very severe uh sleep uh sleeping disorder basically he cannot sleep uh doesn't matter how he tried he just can't sleep so he stays up two days straight you know and then he, but then he gets to, to, into the sleepy mood and then he will be able to sleep uh, for maybe 12 hours, sometimes even longer, you know. So mm-hmm. he's, go, he's uh, right now he has established this kind of uh, a pattern. So I took him to see his uh, pediatrician mm-hmm. uh, twice so far. And then the doctor prescribed him with the sleeping pill. Right now, the second time he increased the, the dosage but uh my son been- t- taking the uh you know sleep in- pills sometimes uh sleep pills the one night instead of a one pill it still doesn't work, so it uh it, you know and he tried a meditation, listen to music and read a book you know uh, or uh, just to uh, meditate you know he tried uh, according to him uh he tried every method, but nothing has worked, so mm. he's he very uh, edgy he's always kind of like um, irritable, always in a very foul mood, uh, maybe because of lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. But uh, he does he does does definitely have the psychological problem because I have to go back to give you a little background of sure. the history. So uh, I had a domestic violence uh, uh, happened about uh, 10, 6, 12 years ago. It's a long time ago when he was very little. So he was uh, and, of course, my two sons went through, you know, the whole ordeal, you know, uh, talking about the CPS, you know, involved. Mm-hmm. They were in the foster home, you know, a few times, uh, I mean, from home to home uh, for a total of about 16 months. Uh, you know, of course, while me and my ex-husband were fighting at the court. So that time he was very little enough, three, four years old. And then uh, uh, the whole ordeal, you know, lasted for a couple of years. So, of course, um, I believe... And of course, we already seen you know, uh, a therapist um, a few times in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he definitely went through some trauma. He, yeah. he he is traumatized by his childhood. So that might have something to do with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also to give you a background, I don't know if it has something to do with the genetic that he inherited some uh, psychological problems from his father's side. His mm-hmm. father was diagnosed with... Um, bpd and of course bipolar and uh, histrionic personality disorder and uh uh he was uh, heavily involved with uh, a crystal mask for his whole life his father passed away three years ago uh Hmm. which probably also traumatized him because no matter what he's still the father Uh, he was the father the children and so um you know my son was of course sad for a while but then he did learn the truth about who his father uh, was. Then he turned, uh, uh, you know, he, then he became very angry towards his father and mm. me, you know, because he said basically he felt that he's being brainwashed by his father. His father was using him as, of course, a weapon to, to get even with me, uh, you know. But um, so, and he felt being betrayed by his father and by me. He's angry towards me because he, still remembers sometimes you know what he went through and when he was little he has vivid memories of what he uh, had to go through so he uh, uh believed that or he well basically told me that i failed to protect him right mm-hmm. so he's uh, also angry towards me mm-hmm. you know so uh, that's a very brief
3: <laughs> well,
0: background yeah, yeah what's his mm. um uh he's of course mental problems but now uh he's uh, uh starting about two years ago, I just recently found out, you know, because, you know, uh, uh, in the past few years, we were just growing apart. We used to be pretty close, um, but now we're pretty distant. You know, we, uh, you know, then I thought two years ago, I thought, okay, he just started into, uh, getting into uh, this puberty, right? The hormone changes everything. So I, uh, I thought that, you know, his problems caused by that. So I didn't pay much attention until uh i guess you know this last year since the pandemic hit mm-hmm. he didn't go to school anymore so i started realizing recognizing all this problems, especially his uh uh his lack of uh structure you know uh mm-hmm. that's probably my fault because i don't have much structure especially <laughs> in the house you mm-hmm. know um and then he's uh, uh, lack of structure lack of uh uh, disciplines also uh, not helping, you know. Um, and that being just, the, I think, come together. Yeah. Uh, also the COVID, you know, the pandemic thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so he's uh, not coping very well with the situation, you know, the pandemic situation. So yeah. that also probably put a lot of pressure on, um, on him and that he's more depressed. And then I can see his, um, I believe that he's definitely going through some depression and less anxiety uh, problems. Uh, mm-hmm. But he denies he's uh, depressed. But he admitted that he has uh, anxiety issues.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yes, okay. we've been—he's uh, been seeing a, a therapist uh, for about five months now. But I don't think it's working. Uh, you know, uh, this kid can be very manipulative. Okay, mm-hmm. and then I understand that, that sometimes he just uh, twists stories. When he talked to his um, therapist, he can, you know, he, he does uh, uh, manip- manipulate the story. You know, he doesn't tell the whole truth. So I don't think that's also very, uh, I don't think that therapy is working. So I'm pretty devastated here. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I see my son uh, only 15 years old and have to take pills after pills. And, uh, oh, by the way, last year, I think this information also important. He uh, took some street drugs um, later on. To find out that uh, uh, it, it probably uh, Lexapro, I don't know what else he took, but he told me that was only one time, uh, you know. But I had, to, I, I did have to take him to the children's hospital to to ER, uh, you know. So he almost overdosed
1: on uh, Lexapro. On,
0: lexapro yeah lexapro. he didn't even know that somebody okay. just gave him some street yeah good friend
1: usually you know. lexapro is an antidepressant and it's slower acting so it's usually not used as a street drug um okay i, I don't know if that's what it was. are you sure it wasn't some xanax or something else
0: you know he uh according to him the story was the kid trying to give him a Xanax. you know because uh ian said you know i'm i hate my wife i'm very depressed mm uh, you know, this was last year, earlier last year, yeah. the January, you know, so before the pandemic. And then he he, he expressed his uh, feelings, you know, just unhappy and depressed at home and then the kid he said, Hey, uh, I have some Xanax. So the so kid I think tried to sell him a Lennox, but he uh, didn't want it, so the kid gave him something else. So the teachers um uh also school found out, you know, so mm-hmm. the teachers uh believed that it was Lexapro. But he didn't okay. even know because you know uh, they just the kid just gave him a, a little like um, bottle without any label on it, so it could be anything. Yeah. But he took a bunch of them. He took about ten or twelve of them, you know. And they started getting probably hallucinating. You know, he's very lethargic. You know, hmm. and then uh, but he didn't tell me, of course. And then the, when he went to school in the morning, he probably went to oh yeah, he um, went to the bathroom. He had to throw up for many times. You know, that's how he got, you know, um, uh, busted by teachers, you know, because they 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 finally he got caught, you know, you know, probably vomiting in the bathroom so many times. So they questioned him and they called police, you know, then the school also notified me. I had to go to school. You know, the the police um, had to escort him to the ER, the Children's Psychiatric um, Award uh, you know, for the treatment, he was, uh, you know, by law, I think it's called a 72 hour hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, of course I, I picked him up a little bit earlier than that. He's, um, just got him home a little bit earlier, but he, he did, uh, apologize. He, uh, he showed uh, remorse, but he was crying, you know, mm-hmm. and he apologized for doing that. But, um, that was so far uh, the last time he did it, but I don't know what else he's been mm-hmm. doing. Cause he doesn't tell me the truth.
1: Okay. Yeah, because
0: I mean, of the, Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I was just, yeah. there's so much. I'm sure, sure, like you said, I could tell also you're trying to get out um, so much of the story, and there's so much. Oh, my
0: God. There's so much story. And, yeah, here I'm, I'm sure I there is. I can tell
1: you, <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that the what you yeah. told me was just snapshots of some important things, but there's a lot more. Yes. Um, and, and it's a you're in a very challenging spot with him because um, – yes unfortunately there's kind of a combination of bad things going on the genetics yeah. yeah definitely all mental issues have a genetic component bipolar disorder definitely does so um that is uh, you know itself concerning because um yeah. you know th- he might have that genetic predisposition to it and unfortunately okay. what we talk about with genetic predispositions is things like trauma and other things that a child goes through can make it more likely that that genetic predisposition gets expressed and what you described was some pretty considerable trauma first whatever they observed or you're, you know you are talking about your older son whatever he observed of the domestic violence even as a very young baby or child that's going to be yes. very bad on top of being in foster care that long unfortunately yeah. has a can have a negative impact that instability and all of that uh it's very challenging and then his father passed away a few years ago but that relationship was complicated so Obviously, you're going through a lot, but your son is going through a whole lot, too. And so we're trying to help him, and we Mm -hmm. might have to recognize that um, although I hope for him to be totally okay at some point soon that we m- might have to lower our expectations a bit and recognizing that even when you say therapy isn't helping, it might still be good for him to be in therapy, even though you might not see some big change in him because what he's going yeah. through is so significant and severe that, you know, it doesn't mean therapy is going to fix what he's going through. But, um, uh, about that point, I wouldn't stop the therapy. If your son says he likes it and yeah, maybe he's going in there, we don't know. Know what he's saying or and I wouldn't even try to get involved by asking the therapist to tell you what's he's saying and come somehow to detail especially to try to catch him in lying or hiding things we yeah. want to give him okay. that space to possibly you know if he wants that to talk about things I wouldn't force him to go but if he's saying does he say he likes the therapist
0: he's neutral, he, neutral. He already okay. saw, you know after his father passed away uh, he went through eight months of treatment and therapy also with another therapist, but mm-hmm. it, I just don't think it works. You know, I, I I never you know
1: Yeah, and that's and that's what I meant by, you know, works is a is a relative term. And here okay. um, probably it's nothing anyone's gonna be able to do in a short term is going to make a huge impact and make him totally feel okay so if he's neutral and he's okay I, I think i'd rather have him at least in the care of someone where they're observing him at some level and might be able to you know keep him involved he likely needs to see a psychiatrist i don't know if he is seeing one regularly my concern is the lack of sleep you know the insomnia it could be a lot of things B- bipolar disorder of course when we're manic you can Um, You know, have a lack of sleep and you can be irritable and some of those things you described. I don't think we can Mm -hmm. diagnose it until he's 18 as an official diagnosis, but it it seems like he might be going through that. I mean, we say he's not sleeping for a couple of days. Now, I don't know if he's taking any substances. As far as you know, you're saying he he shared with you those few times he did.
0: I don't think so. I I did look, you know, when he's not home, I I searched the room thoroughly twice. I couldn't find anything. Yes, that was one of my concerns, but uh, I don't think that's—I didn't make him promise me. But of course, he's uh, already lying, you know, a lot and manipulating, you know. So I don't know. But basically, we don't have very good communication right now. We we don't—we barely talk.
1: And and so, related to that, you know, I know it's hard not to monitor him, um, and, and I'm sure you will. So I'm not saying don't do it. You won't do it at all. But to really make it like a, you know cops and robbers you know prison guard and prisoner probably is not going to be the best i I understand your concerns about him now let me um you know we're about to we're at a commercial break but i don't want us to wrap up it'll be the last segment but i'm going to put you on hold and we'll talk some more after the break uh about what what we can figure out together okay all right sure thank you so much all right we'll be right back welcome back before the break we're with the caller let's go back to her now Okay, Hi. I'm here. Yes, okay. So, Doctor, yeah, what you, you were sharing, you know, your son is going through a whole lot and it's not exactly clear what is happening. You know, the two days of not sleeping that you mentioned, um, of course, that sounds like a, a drug could make that happen, especially you said his father used meth. That's the first thing that comes to mind. But um, when yes. people are manic, they also can have an extreme lack of sleep. Uh, so I don't know, when you talk to him, does he say anything? Does he try to sleep? Does he just have no desire for sleep or need for sleep? What, is, what does he share? What has he told you about that experience? Uh,
0: oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear the last part. Was what, what, that a
1: question? Yeah, like what, does he tell you, I try to sleep but I can't fall asleep? Or he says, I just right. don't even want to sleep?
0: He said that he wanted to sleep
1: but he can't yes, fall asleep. He, okay.
0: Right, he can't. He said that he can sit uh, lay in bed and just staring at the ceiling for six hours, seven hours. Hmm. He just can't fall asleep, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I, 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 you know, to be honest, at the beginning, I, I kind of, you know, I was suspicious whether or not he was telling the truth. Like I said, you know, you're right. I, I suspected that he probably didn't even want to sleep. But uh, now I believe him that he, he does want to sleep. I can tell just from his uh, facial expressions, you know. He's he's very physically tired. I can see from his face, yeah. uh, body language. But he just uh, you know during the day sometimes it, now he's very just uh, lethargic and he's dragging just the way he walks. You know. Mm. But I don't see him. It's a typical teenager. He locked yeah. himself in the his room. Um, I, I'm not allowed to you know <laughs> enter his room, and he's just uh, you know in his room all day long. I, yeah. Sometimes I don't see him for two days. You know.
1: Mm. Well, that, and that's tough. And I'm sure there's, you know, your relationship with teenagers is already tough enough, but the way you've described the, the upbringing and the life you've, he's had and you've had together, I I can imagine your relationship with him is more than a little bit complicated. So that makes it hard too, because, um, you know, as parents, a lot of times we think our role is to control our parents, our our kids or stop them from doing certain things. Um, and we have to And there is some of that, but if you create too much of a power dynamic with him where he thinks you're trying to get him to not do certain things or stop him, um, it's probably not going to help. And really he's, he's suffering and he's struggling. So he's going to need you to be in a way on his side, working with him rather than trying to, Oh, you're doing something wrong or bad. He seems like he's spiraling a bit out of control. So he's going to need your help. Um, and he's going to need a lot of help, not just from you. He needs Therapy. He's going to need to see, a, I think, a psychiatrist for pretty f- like a full evaluation. Has he seen a psychiatrist? I know he went you to know, the hospital, so I'm sure there had to have been some uh, yes, connection I, there. Yeah.
0: Sorry for no, interruption, no but I, I, to answer your question, yes, I, uh, uh, just like you said, I did think about it and I asked his uh, doctor, the pediatrician, and then whether or not he should, you know, get get a, give us a referral, you know, to see a psychiatrist which we haven't done so far. And then the doctor said, no, uh, let's uh, doctor said, uh, let's try, you know, it, increase dosage of the sleeping pill, you know, see if it works. So I think the next step, since the the pill doesn't work. So yeah. I um, probably have to, yeah, get a, a start. Uh, we have to start seeing a, psychi- a psychiatrist.
1: Yeah, I think that's so this the This is the question I was
0: gonna ask you, doctor. Sure. What do you think, what the psychiatrist can do uh, at this uh, time of, you know, being-
1: Well, I mean, you know, again, I think what you're describing, unfortunately, the level of what your son is going through, no one thing is going to fix this. You know, it's not like the psychiatrist, I wish there could be one pill that's going to make your your son totally okay. So uh, it can help in, first of all, we need to see the diagnosis and it's harder at his age of 15 to uh, almost 15 to give a diagnosis because a lot of these like bipolar, you can't diagnose really until adulthood is more typical, but it does seem like there's definitely some signs there. So I think he's going to need to be, first of all, fully evaluated and monitored, possibly put on some medication. I don't like medication for any age, but especially for teenagers. But what you're describing is pretty significant uh, distress that he's going through. So, uh, and that also brings me to a point that I'd want to make, when I talk to parents in general, I I try to convince or convey to them how Mm -hmm. important it is to tell your child rather than you need help, that you deserve help you know your son is really in pain and struggling and sometimes when yeah. we tell someone they need help it could feel like we're telling them you're messed up or you're the problem but your right. son I mean what he's going through is incredibly painful and hard and difficult and we, we he think he deserves help to feel better than what he's going through um, so a psychiatrist yeah. might help with getting a, di- a diagnosis, possibly okay. medication, but also monitoring him because what, uh, I, you know we have to keep an eye on him. Even if he didn't have anything going on now, based right. on his father's diagnosis, based on yeah. the family history of what's happened in his own life, you know, yeah. unfortunately, and, and even your your younger son, I I'm, I'm concerned about him too. That we have to
0: I, be I, mindful. I
1: am also. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Yeah,
0: he's doing better. You know, okay. for Relationship-wise, communication-wise, and other aspects in daily life uh, he's okay with okay. me so far but he just turned 13 you know the uh, the hormone just kicked in i so i don't know what <laughs> he's going to turn into to be honest in the sure. you know next couple of years he we, could yeah. be the same or worse even. we
1: don't know yeah. yeah teenage years are tough for every uh, child and every family to go through but you know Yes. but everyone has gone through it, so we know that you can. It'll be tough. Um, and another thing is, unfortunately, uh, I'm sure their relationship with you is complicated. And, you know, he yes. tells you, I think you said, he told you things like, oh, you didn't protect me. Um, yes. And, you know, I think the focus... I also
0: forgot, uh, I, this sure. is important, sorry, I, yeah. I need to tell you. I also was diagnosed um, because of the DV thing. I was diagnosed with PTSD and okay. I'm still struggling myself. Hmm. I have also... So I had severe depression problems. I could have mm. slept, you know, in bed days without getting up. But I'm much better now. You know, but <laughs> the whole fifteen mm. last fifteen years of marriage, you know, was his. Yeah. Mm, I mean, was ex, uh, my ex. I, I, you know, pretty much a stay-at-home mom all this time, so I was, uh, I'm not saying I'm the perfect mom, but I'm a responsible mom, you know, I love my children to death. Mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I always, you know, took care of my, uh, but, uh, you know, because the relationship between me and my ex, uh, you know, put a lot of uh, strings, of course, on, on family yeah. life, and even affected very negatively, you know, my relationship between me and my kids. Of course, you know, and then now I feel my you know I I this is how I feel. My son looked down upon me because I'm a failure. You hmm. know, I'm an inadequate father, mother, and uh, I'm just an unfit mother. Period. That that's the feeling that he gave me. You know, because we argue, of course, because I have my own depression problems, and I, I especially, I think I'm going through menopre premenopause now. I have mood swings problems mm-hmm. now, so which is you know not helping here of course so we constantly clashing each you know it just have constant you know fights and arguments and conflicts going on you know in the families yeah. so, of course so and then that's why he stopped communicating with me completely you know two three years ago you know but i did and i was so busy you know doing just trying to be you know 100 percent full-time single mom and so i I neglected his emotions and feelings, mm-hmm. you know. But now, w- until recently, and pandemic thing happened, and we all crunched up in the house. So I started realizing all those problems. Yeah. So it was it was my fault. So he felt probably not only angry towards me. He felt also being left out, being neglected, you know, ignored. That I don't love him. I mm-hmm. don't care for his um, emotions, you know. You, but he also know that I am also depressed sometimes, you know. And well, then there was, so when we when I question him and mm-hmm. trying to get him a, and it, energize and do things and he'll say oh you're so depressed you know in, in what position do you think that you can judge me or criticize me and tell me what to do what not to do you well
1: know? Uh, yeah and we yeah. I would say don't we don't want to criticize him, even if we're trying to motivate him and how you do that. We don't want to make him feel judged or criticized. But, you know, two, a few big things come to mind. One is, um, unfortunately, yeah, you've been through a lot and it's it's resulted in your own, uh, you know, pain and the PTSD you described or mentioned. And so I would recommend highly getting your own treatment, whatever that is, the better you're taken care of the better it'll help your kids and it's easier for you to get help for you because, you know, as a teenager, if he says, I don't want to do this or if he goes to therapy and we don't know how it's going, you can't impact that as much as you can really make sure you're Doing everything you can to for your own mental health, and the yeah. good thing is, it'll be good for you. But then, the better you're feeling, or the less distress you're under, the easier sure. it will be for you to be with your kids and to deal yeah. with them. So the mood swings and the way you might react towards them. And now, when yeah. he tells you things, uh, you know, I was going to mention this: blame is not uh, helpful. And so I know when he says things he's blaming you, but it can be important for you to acknowledge what he's sharing and and to say not to say because I'm sure you're you said you're a mom that loves your kids. I'm sure you do. And you try your best. Um, But recognizing I'm sure there's things you've done and things you haven't done, like maybe not being there for him in certain ways about his emotions that you shared that have hurt him. And so you can take, you know, you know, acknowledging that can be very Meaningful, Not to put yourself yes. down, not to insult yourself at all, but to okay. acknowledge that, you know, I could see how that didn't feel good and I can understand that when it came to your emotional life or certain things, whatever mm-hmm. it is, uh, sh- sharing that with him um, to let him know you see his pain, his pain is, is valid. And you want to do even better and and, and to try your best, and you always will. Um, But I think it can be good. It's tough as a parent to go there because you're already saying he looks down on you, and maybe you're afraid he'll now use that as evidence. See, even you think you're a bad mom, or I don't know, however, he'll turn that around on you. But a lot of times it can make the person actually feel like, you know what, at least my mom gets my pain or is not denying that and mm-hmm. it might make it easier for him to be less defensive too because a lot of times okay. w- the way our relationships become is like we don't want to be wrong and the other person doesn't want to be wrong so it becomes this battle but sometimes when we tear down that wall and say you know what i've made some mistakes it makes it easier for the other person to say i've you know been difficult too or i've, I've you know haven't helped in these ways also um so I, I would hope you get the therapy for yourself and even possibly medication if it's needed to deal with yes, what you're I've going been doing doing that Uh-oh. good
0: I am much better, I'm already like a brand new person (laughs) compared to a few years ago. Yeah, you know, yeah, since my ex passed away, I was newborn.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I could see I'm sure it was, there's so much Mm -hmm. uh, complexity there. And so hopefully for your son, it could be the same thing that in a few years, he'll be feeling better, but it it takes time as it did with you. And, you know, he's even younger and the the traumas they went through, I'm I'm sure there's some level of PTSD in both of your kids too, or at least whether it's, you know, PTSD is specific diagnosis, but they've dealt with trauma and and that's going to have impacts and your connection with him. You know, you mentioned, you realized you were not, you know, paying so much attention to the emotional life so I realize that and I think of course we're going to you know try to get him treatment and help and he needs to see lots of doctors to help us through this but what you also want to make sure you you focus on connecting with him more just as your relationship with him as his mom so it's not just about did he do his homework or did he take his medication did he sleep but what what's going on with your relationship with him of having fun together enjoying things I'm sure as a teenager like you said you barely see him um, but yeah. some of that could also be that a lot of times when you and him interact it's not so pleasant or it's about what he's not doing right or wrong or what he needs to do and it's a very combative type of relationship we want to try to shift that dynamic to put more positivity and your connection with him, which will take time. So this goes okay. back to, um, you know, the, the questions and the ways you're asking me. And I can understand you want him to feel better. You want things to get better. But yeah. things are going to be pretty slow, even if we start making progress. There's a okay. lot going on here as I, I don't need to tell you that, but there's a lot okay. happening that we're going to have to deal with. And so it, it's going to be okay. slow. And, and you're trying to create a type of relationship with him you probably never had before but that okay. will take time and, and he's really struggling. And so I think the pandemic, it's been hard on everyone, but I could see how with the particular issues your son has, it's made things even worse, worse And losing yeah. structure and just being kind of like floating and through life. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. uh, and unfortunately it's, you know, it's a tough place to be at. So, um, keep getting the support and the help you know he needs to see doctors i wouldn't stop the therapy even if you're not sure it's not going to change so much therapy is not going to what you're talking about therapy is going to be one part of a many part solution so uh, if he's okay Okay. with it you're saying he's neutral that's not bad for a teenager you might not get sometimes they really like therapy but a lot of times they're like whatever about it so i hope you'll continue with that and i know whatever i shared also can't be that helpful because there's so much going on here but i do uh wish you the best appreciate you calling uh and, oh and thank
0: you so much doctor uh sure. is it okay for me to to call you back uh to sure. join the, next again, week or?
1: i'll be on yeah i'll do the show wednesday would be happy to every get to wednesday talk right yes
0: okay all right uh, okay thank you so much sure doctor, for, nice talking for to you all your insights.
1: my yes. pleasure have a great day
0: you too thank you bye bye.
1: All right, that brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you to Ghazaleh here in the studio. You've been listening to In Session with Dr. Farid Alakwi. Have a wonderful day.